my client without spending any money out of pocket went from a $700,000 office building to a $3 million campground using the 1031 paper process. And I, uh, Got fees on both transactions. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam AAA Adams. And this is the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And today we're talking about the best kept secret within the real estate uh industry. And um, so I'm excited to really get into this. And we have an expert on the line who's going to share with us this best kept secret. It's Blake Allen. And if you live in Colorado, you know Blake Allen for sure. If you're in real estate and you're in Colorado, you know his name because he speaks all over the city. He's sharing information about this best kept secret, which most people haven't heard of. Most people, however, there's a lot of people, they're usually older, they got a few gray hairs or a lot of gray hairs that are utilizing this best kept secret that you're going to want to understand, you're going to want to know how to implement. So Blake Allen, he's the owner of the brokerage uh, Allen Realty, he's a client-based real estate brokerage in the in the Colorado Springs area, right? Right, right. Manitou Springs. Is Manitou right. Springs. Town next to Colorado Springs. All right, perfect. And you've been licensed. Blake's been licensed for 30 years. So some of us weren't even now. born <laughs> 30 years ago. And he's been licensed now for 34 years in the industry. I can't wait to get into the information that we're going to be learning from Blake. He's attended hundreds of local, regional, and national exchange meetings, these, these things called exchange. And we'll get into that. You'll know a little bit more about what we mean by exchange. He's taken hundreds of hours of of CE that's continuing education and he's really focused on being able to learn, being able to teach people how to use these exchanges in place of or in conjunction with 1031 exchanges. So I guess what I'm saying is this, what we're learning today is not specifically a 1031 exchange. It's a totally new way but we'll learn how you can use them with or without a 1031 exchange. And his bio goes on and on and on. He's a, he's a member of the National Council of Exchangers, uh, which is bestowed upon him in the Equity Marketing Specialist des- designation since 2007. I remember 2007 is when I first got involved in multifamily, and he was already doing what we're going to share with you today. Um, so I'm excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Mr. Blake Allen from Manitou Springs, not Colorado Springs. Hi. How are you How, doing today? Amazing. Fantastic. Good, excited. Good, good. good. So this well, best kept secret, this best kept secret, I think that there's people listening right now and they're they're looking at you, they're listening to you, and they're saying, what are they talking about? What is this exchange thing? So if you want, just give us the, the 101 on, uh, on, on the baseline of what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll go ninja style after that. Okay. Well, um, we've already had the preamble about being the best kept secret. So exchanging is the ability to trade real estate and one set of benefits in real estate for another set of benefits in another piece of property. And how it happens is, 
you know, all of us are different. Okay. One thing I like to tell people is remember you're unique, just like everybody else. The fact that we're different means we all want different things in real estate. Okay. When people think traditionally of selling real estate, they're thinking of trading for cash, selling for cash, and then they're going to go out and buy something with cash. Okay. There are tax consequences to that that make it not desirable. People now use 1031 exchanges. Okay. I think it's interesting that this, what I, I do is considered a new way when actually it predated the 1031 exchanges. So 1031 was a result of a, a decision uh, called the Starker, a guy named Starker, the Starker decision. He had a bunch of timberland and he wanted to sell it and couldn't sell it quickly enough to go find replacement properties because it was so much, you know, it's all this warehouser land in the Northwest. So he basically sued the government for the right to take the money from the sale, give it to somebody else, and then go buy real estate. That's what created the deferred exchange, the 1031 exchange that most people are familiar with, the qualified intermediary. Now, we use those tools as well because those are new tools that we have in the toolbox. But what we're really talking about is exchanging one set of benefits, which is involved with the ownership of a piece of real estate, for another set of benefits, which is the ownership of another piece of real estate, which is what you do every time you buy a multifamily that needs work and then you sell one that's finished and then you go buy another one that needs work. You're doing it, but you're trading in through dollars. Okay. So like we said, the best kept secret is, is the exchanging. Okay. We can trade this directly. We can't do this if other people don't understand what we're doing. So there exists for about 60 years, a marketplace, an exchange marketplace where brokers meet and trade property. Not many people are aware of it. You are because I've been talking to you for a number of years and you're, you're aware of it in Denver because Denver is a very active market for exchanging. 40 to 70 brokers meet every single week in Denver to trade real estate. In Colorado Springs, we meet a couple of times a month and we have national meetings where hundreds of brokers will meet together to trade literally billions of dollars of real estate. So that's sort of the best kept secret is that we're out there. Okay. As you're saying, the gray hair part of it, we're a very old group. I'm in my fifties and I'm a young guy. Okay. I love to have a group where I can be a young guy, but I'd like to actually have the group survive and have more people to do deals with. Everybody who's in the exchange marketplace is a licensed broker. So you basically need to, you know, have your license or work with a licensed broker and a real estate counselor, because it's just like anything else. You should have somebody in your corner in the real estate world with a lot of experience who knows different ways of, of doing transactions. The key to it is client counseling. What we are is real estate counselors. There are a couple of uh, different groups, national groups that meet annually. The um, national council of exchangers is a group where any, Real estate licensee can join and go to a marketing meeting four times a year in Las Vegas. The other group, Society of Exchange Counselors, why I mentioned that the term counselors in their name, Society of Exchange Counselors meets about six times a year. It's an invitation only kind of deal. And it, um, you know, it's focused on counseled clients, it means you sat down with them like an attorney or a psychiatrist and said, Adam, why would you want that junky apartment building? And then also say, Adam, why would you ever want to get rid of that beautiful apartment building? Okay. And then you explain to me why. And so we then figure out what you're really looking for in your life.
older people will have assets with a low basis and they need to, you know, they'd like to have the money, but they don't want to pay that much tax. We need to find a way to pass it on to the next generation and let them enjoy the benefits. Young guys like yourself want that property that they own. Okay. If they can finance it for you, you're really want it. Okay. You want it even more. You have an offsetting set of benefits. The older person who has the property for a long time and the person, younger person like yourself make a good exchange partners. And you can then trade your little property up into the big property as for seller carry and everybody gets benefits that they're looking for. So the key is to get with a broker that is a real estate counselor and we'll sit down and ask these questions. We'll bring your mark, your, properties to the marketplace and give you the opportunities that are there. The people are seeking specific sets of benefits. So the price and the rest of it, while it's important, it's not the same as it is in the sort of, you know, what I call the cutthroat hostage taking negotiations that we go through in the real estate business that I'm not really so fond of, <laughs> but anyway, counseling is a big part. And then the rest is uh, formulas. But, um, do you have any questions about counseling or, or how I work? Well, I do have a question. Um, it sounds like a lot of what you're, who you're speaking to is investors, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And I know I have hundreds of agents that listen to this show as well. Some of them are listening because they want to be able to get more into the um, multifamily or investing area. And some of them are already in doing both. But because there are hundreds of agents that I already know personally that listen to my show regularly, I was thinking to myself, what, what was – let's just say they're listening right now. How, and they're thinking to themselves like, this sounds pretty cool. And maybe, maybe I'm not an old person. <laughs> maybe I'm not in my you know, 70s right now. But this obviously is the best kept secret and maybe I'm in my 20s, 30s or 40s and, I, and it's very important probably, right? As you said, Blake, you don't want this whole thing to just be deleted, right? So you want to make right. sure that you're having young blood, new blood, fresh meat, right? So uh, greenies. Um, so mm-hmm. how do you, um, how does one who does have a license or is, wanting to get their license soon, how does one find these exchange groups so that they can, you know, be that green uh, blood into the new exchange wave? Sure, absolutely. And I'm glad that you asked because I focus a lot on agents and I think that generally listenership would be investors, but absolutely I want to talk to the agents because this is a skill set that will not go away with the internet. Okay. Some of the things that traditional agents do are at risk because of the technology and you know, people your age will start buying houses they live in online. Real estate counseling is not going to go away. So how do they find it? The national council of exchangers and it's um, NC exchange They can go this April to Las Vegas. They'll take an eight hour course and it's the beginning of their equity marketing specialist designation. Then they have to attend a, a number of meetings, but They'll have an eight-hour course and then three full days of marketing where they have, you know, goodness, thousands of years of experience in the room. And the thing I'd like to say, first of all, about we are collaborators, okay? If it 
everybody doesn't leave the transaction with a better set of benefits than they started, nobody's going to close. We've been doing this long enough. We know that. We don't want to waste our time on deals that don't close. So we always work together. So that new person coming to our group has a bunch of grandpas and a bunch of uncles, okay, who are willing to take them under their wing and help them get through transactions. Now, they're always like everywhere, a small percentage of people that, you know, aren't good, aren't ethical, but 99% of the people you run into in exchangers are going to take you, they're going to spend the time to educate you because they want you to know and your client to know. This way you can start taking these classes. Ted Blank teaches a class in Denver, a seven CE credit counseling class. You take that class, you do everything you can and you go to the mile high exchangers every Wednesday and you hang out with those sarcastic, you know, grumpy old men and you, you know, learn what we do. And, um, and like we say, be a taker, you go and you get yourself involved. You build your own estate as a broker alongside your clients. You know, you can't conflict. And some people just get the license to do it for themselves. I think the act of counseling and helping another person and watching them grow is an important part of it. I think it, it really helps you because, you know, it's about giving back a lot of it. It's not the same as we're just in it to make money. Almost everyone in the exchangers has made a lot of money and can do real estate transactions. And that's not the problem. It's taking care of the client. If you have a client who, you know, has a property that is worth $2 million and has a basis of a hundred thousand, they have to do something other than sell it or they should. Okay. And so we have to get to know what they would want. What are they going to do? If we give them the classic question, I'll ask a real estate broker is if I give your client all cash, what are they going to do with the money? If any of that answer involves real estate, we say, Hey, what is that real estate? Let's see if we can give you that instead, because there's a good chance that in our market, we have it. people say, you're you know, no way you have this. Well, there are hundreds of brokers around the country and we all have, have that. So the thing that to get to the nuts and bolts, so how, how the agents get involved, you get involved with your local exchange group. If you don't have one in your town, talk to the national council of exchangers. We will help you put one in your town. We'll help you get the education. You come to the national meetings, you will be the expert in your area. We trade all over the country. Okay, you can, you know, there are people in small markets that are just as active as exchangers as people who live, who work downtown Denver. So, um, you know, I think for the agents, the other thing is when you do a deal on an exchange, you're getting rid of one property, you're selling one. You're also helping your client acquire one. You're getting, you did two acts. You deserve to get paid for both of them and you do. When you've done that, and you do several transactions for these clients, do you think there's much chance they're going to go to anyone else? (laughs) You know, they're not, you've got them for life. You know what they're going to do. You've helped them make millions of dollars. They're happy for you to make money. They know every dollar you make, they'll make 10. Everybody wins. Okay. And, um, so, um, any, any more questions about the agent part or the counseling? Cause counseling is the key. You have to spend the time to get to know them and it takes a long time to get the art of counseling. So um, no, not, not a question, but I do want to just point out to the listener that the NCE or the National um, Council. Council of Exchangers, the link that Blake just mentioned is actually now currently in the show notes. So you can actually scroll down, but just to be clear, it's NCE 
exchangeors.com. Uh, so I got that in the show notes. I've actually pulled it up and looks like a great website. Looks like um, if you are an agent and you're thinking to yourself, this is the new thing. And it kind of does sound like the new thing to anybody who's under 50. What's old it's, is new. Yeah, what's old <laughs> is new. It's, it's like, it's like um, bell bottoms, right? Bell bottoms. They were in, they were in, and they were totally out. And people were making fun. And then all of a sudden, they're coming back. You know, it's 2020 and, and people are wearing bell bottoms and, and people are thinking they're cool. It's uh, the same thing with just like hair, hairdos. They go, they phase in, they phase out. So um, I, th- I think That's it's the thing interesting. About getting older. As you get older, you, you realize, well, it all looks good. It's just a matter of when it was, you know. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. So com. that'll be in the show notes. So you could scroll down right now. Um, sure. Yeah. So let me ask you, Blake. Um, one quick question as there's a lot of syndicators or aspiring syndicators that listen to this show. Um, and all that means for those who are listening, who don't syndicate or haven't heard of that term before, all it means is that it's a group of people that pool money together. Some of them go on the limited partnership where they don't have to do any work. And some of them are on the general partnership where they're, they have to manage the entire thing. So my, my next question for you, Blake, is just to understand, um, is this something that would typically work within the syndication space? Or is it more like just joint ventures and people that own it out uh, all by themselves? Right. Well, we can apply it to the, the syndication space hmm. in, a, in a number of ways. Now, I – Myself, as far as the LLC, you know, way of have everybody joining together in an LLC in the syndication space, um, you know, that is not as conducive to exchanging as if it is, if the whole group agrees and goes together. Okay. That's part of the, uh, part of the part. But what we really do is when you're looking at a syndication, you have two groups of people who are looking for different sets of benefits. A lot of times you have those who are looking to invest for profit in real estate. Okay. They've got money. They want to get a return. And you have those who are looking to make money off real estate who want to provide a service, do something, work hard, in some way earn the millions of dollars of upside that they're looking to do. Those are a great match. Your world matches those in the world of syndications into LLCs as credit partners, money partners, general partners, limited partners, that language, okay? That works great as long as you have a good operation where whoever's in control is driving and and you know, everybody knows their role. I've seen people be very successful. We have a group um, in our exchange group that have now just done their, you know, $250 million of transactions in that, with that kind of a formula. I like to um, recommend people do that as tenants in common. If you do it so that if you ever need to, you can leave and exchange your set of benefits for something else. And people will have to come into the syndication subject to, what the syndication does. But that way, if two people just don't like each other for some particular human reason that doesn't have to do with real estate, which is usually what happens, then we can, we can separate. But um, what I do like that it focuses about the sets of benefits. Okay. Different people want different things at different times in their life. When you or other people go and want to raise money. And I see so much of this about raising money exchanging you don't need to raise money okay we're going to short circuit that need to raise money okay 
when you're, you go into these meetings, everybody understands that everybody's different and that some people have a really good credit score and a really good balance sheet and they really make great credit partners. Some people have the money, they'll do it for a yield. Some people have the projects that they found and some people might be general contractors and, and want to build something from the ground up. All those people have different sets of benefits that they bring and different sets of benefits that they need. Now to take you out of the, the raising money idea, it's good to have those people there and to provide them the benefits and the return on investment because that's why they're going to the investment group and it's, they're great to have money in the room. But we can do all of these things without the partners and without any money, okay? And that's by primarily using debt and equity that you have. So the biggest thing that I'd like you, you know, in a short, relatively short podcast like this to get out of exchanging is it's not just the client counseling and the benefits that we're talking about. We use things we call exchange formulas where we take certain sets of benefits and combinations to get people where they want to go. Like if you're an estate builder, you want to start with something you you've got what you've got and you want a lot more. Okay. So one of the, the first formula in most of the exchange books, and there are a whole number of, uh, of books, um, Bob Steele's 300 ways to exchange is, is a, it's a is huge a book. It's a huge book. Yeah. Huge it's got 300, 300 different formulas. Okay. So number one, okay. in that book and in all most all of them is what we call the creation of wealth formula. It is where you take a property that you already own. So yes, you have to have some equity. You don't have to. Okay. We can, use different formulas. If you don't, you can borrow pieces of land, go down and buy a property with nothing down. And I can, you know, give you, in fact, in the link that I sent you of the video can give a class, it has an hour long class with a bunch of formulas if people really want to delve into them. But say you've got a house, it's worth $250,000 and you've owned it. Adam bought it in 2007 when he first decided he liked real estate and he bought it for nothing. Now he owes hundred thousand dollars on it. It's worth two fifty. You know, it's not in Denver because it'd be worth five hundred. But the uh, it's you know a hundred. It's worth two fifty. And you say, I really like that house. It's the first one I had. I don't want to get rid of it because you know it's sort of sentimental, and I like the tenant. I want them to stay there forever. They're raising their family there. Everything's good. But I have one hundred fifty thousand equity that I'm not using that I'd like to activate and go own because I like to buy apartments. Okay, so. You can go at him and go say, I'll go create a $100,000 second note behind my $100,000 first on this property that's rented. Not the home I live in because that, there's different issues with the home you live in. But I see that fourplex over there that's $600,000 and I want it, okay? That guy said he'll, um, he'll sell it to me and carry, but he wants to make sure you know I'll do it. So I'll take a $100,000 second note on my house and give it to him as a down payment. I'll either go have him sell or carry the rest, or I'll go get a new loan for the rest. You now own two properties. Okay. Now you own $850,000 worth of real estate. You still only have 150,000 of equity. You have 50,000 in your house and a hundred thousand in the new property, but you're in a good market. It's appreciating. There are tenants paying for all of the debt. And you just sit and wait. That's how you create wealth. Okay. You're going to create wealth over time with the same amount of equity you have just by doing an exchange. Now, in that case, you didn't actually 
exchange property. You just created a note and bought the other property. That's an exchange formula. You don't always trade property. You could give him your house, or if you want the $2 million property, say, hey, I'll give you the $250,000 house as a down payment. He might do that because he doesn't have to pay taxes probably on that house, depending on the circumstances. That house will sell whenever. It's got income coming in. It's got a good set of benefits, and, and he wins. So that's one formula that, uh, that works there. I want to um, actually ask you one last question before we get into the final five. And that is something that I believe you mentioned to me over the phone. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth because I could have totally misunderstood it, but I want to clarify something. I thought that you may have said that the ways that you can exchange this while within a 1031 exchange was maybe trading notes for property or trading other other different things. And that was confusing to me what I thought that I heard. So I'm ready to have you clarify right. it. What I thought that I heard was was that in a 1031, you could have a piece of paper and then trade it for a piece of property because the reason that confused me because I keep hearing that in 1031s, you have to trade like for like. So you can't, so they've said you can't go from owning your own property to actually investing in an LLC that owns a syndication because that's not like for like. So the only way to do that would be a TIC tenant in common. And that would mean that you're actually owning the property. But as far as the note thing, um, it just, it, it, I was a little bit confused by it. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to address it before we get into the final five. Absolutely. And I'm glad because that's the focus of my brokerage really at this point is something I call 1031 paper. Okay. And we're, mm. you know, we're going to have a 1031 paper.com. We're building it with, you know, all this information to let people know what we're really doing. The question I ask people is, yeah, do you know that you can do a seller carry and still do a 1031? Okay. We've done a number of transactions like that. So what, what I usually do when I start to teach the class is I take dollars out of my pocket and I say, you know what these are? Well, they're promissory notes from the Federal Reserve. So anything you can do with cash, you can do with a promissory note, including the 1031 process. So just to give you a quick what I'd put in the cartoon for the 1031 deal. Okay, so you've got your little house, 250000 A guy comes and says, I'll give you... A $50,000 RV is a down payment, and I want you to carry 200000 And Adam says, great, I love you, you're a great guy, but I want this $500,000 building, I don't want your RV, and I don't want to carry. That doesn't mean you can't do the deal. If you've got a good real estate counselor who understands what's going, he says, listen, Adam, you got to take her for the house, okay? He's going to give you this thing of value. <clears throat> so you say, I will take your seller carry paper, I'll create it for you, subject to finding something else in lieu of that. You're going to take that seller carry paper, give it to your qualified intermediary, okay, just like you would money, as well as the title to the RV will go to your qualified intermediary of choice and be there. You now go and buy the $500,000 property because you got them to say, hey, I'll take the $50,000 RV, the $200,000 first note on your house, and the $250,000 cash from a new loan that you're offering me for the rest of it. Okay. 
So you did a seller carry for the guy with the RV. Okay. Thank God you found somebody who wants it. Usually we pass it on down and the brokers end up with the RV. Okay. That's how, how we close a lot of times, but anyhow, you've provided the guy the dream. He's got a seller carry on a house. He's got an RV down. He doesn't live in it. That would be a problem. But um, your other guy has now an RV. He's like, great. I wanted an RV. Anyhow, I was going to go buy one. He's got a first note by a guy who put $50,000 down. It's a great note. And he's got 250,000 cash for his property. He can do a 1031 with the note and the cash and the title of the RV if he wants, or he can just go down and out as we say, and take the money. You can do this forever. Okay. As you trade forward, eventually enough commissions are in the deal that back to the agent part that we as agents have enough money that we can take those notes and those RVs and things like that. If we have to, that's not like kind, we have to pay tax on that. But everybody in the deal went from real estate to real estate, except the guy with the RV, but you owned a house as a rental and now you own a half million dollars, something. Okay. A little retail center or something. And it's like kind because the rule for like kind is real estate held for investment for other real estate held for investment. So you can trade land into a shopping center. And as long as the land was held for investment and you're holding the shopping center for investment, it's absolutely a 1031 exchange that uses the new process, the deferred exchange. We could do this all at once. We used to do it at the closing table and just pass deeds. But now with the 1031 exchanges, yeah, it goes to the intermediary. So that's, you know, probably clear as mud because I've told people, you know, I have a room full of brokers and only a handful understand. I think the public understands it a little bit more, but the whole idea is that uh, the cash is promissory notes. We have 1031 rules. If we create the transaction and go and do it, we can sell or carry. Now I want to also tell agents and everybody don't do this without an experienced person. Do not get in your 45 day identification period with that seller carry note when you haven't found that guy who said he would take it because you know how hard it is to spend your 1031 cash on the right property, right? Imagine how hard it is to spend your 1031 paper on the right property. So my dream is to have a marketplace where people who understand this have notes seeking property and property seeking notes to expedite this process so that we do have a chance of doing it in 45 days. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. Let me do this. We need to get into the final five. Um, but you do have a video. It's an hour long video, which goes into a lot more depth and detail on what we're talking about. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. So right now, listener, you can scroll down and you can get that YouTube video. It's a whole hour with him, with Blake going into more detail. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with a final five. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses? A way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle. And best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full time. It's called fix and list deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. 
Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the fix and list strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the fix and list strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. Blake Allen, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? Oh my goodness, the most creative deal I've ever done, because I have to do it real quick, is a 1031 paper. We took an office building, took some cash down, created a note and deed of trust, and we went and bought a KOA campground in Kansas City using that note and deed of trust as a down payment through the qualified intermediary process. Got new financing on the campground, created paper on another deal we did. So my client, without spending any money out of pocket, went from a $700,000 office building to a $3 million campground and um, using the 1031 paper process. And I uh, got fees on both transactions. Love that. Awesome. What's a book you recommend? Oh, it would be um, Secrets of a Lucrative Real Estate Career by C. Charles Chatham who uh, that is, we could say, the light side of the force of exchanging. The Bob Steele book is the dark side of the force. And you need the counseling book. See Charles Chatham, Secrets of a Lucrative Real Estate Career. And I know you've been involved in real estate as a broker for 34 years. I, I know you've been doing this for a long time. But I just want to go back five years. Just tell, just give me a, a quick picture of what it looked like for you five years ago and a follow-up to that same question. I'd like to hear what it's going to look like five years from today. Well, five years ago, just like we all do, I, I thought I knew everything and was a real estate broker making all kinds of money trading real estate. And I just learned more and more every day. And so I can't believe some of the things that problems I couldn't help people with five years ago that I can now. But yeah, I've been, you know, I was 29 years into my real estate career and had some really good clients and real happy with what was going on then. So, and still am now. I, I love my job, as we say. And as far as five years from now, um, with things going the way they are, if the economy continues, we will have a, an enormous portfolio. If the economy doesn't continue and it goes down, we'll have a lot of people who, to help and uh, just like every day, get up every morning and say, who can I help today? All right. Love that. How do you give back? Um, through counseling with my clients is the, uh, is a big part of it. I also, you know, I volunteer, I interview kids to get into Columbia university, which is a, a great pleasure all the time. Cause you know, imagine the, the potential of all those kids. And, um, but really it's, it's every day to my clients and to my profession by saying, listen, we need to be better counselors. We need to have this profession be something we're all proud of. And we all should be, looking to our clients to provide the benefits that they seek and help them live with better lives. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And mm -hmm. the last question is how people reach out to you. So I know you have sure. an email that you wanted to share with them. I've got that already in the show notes, but why don't sure. you share yeah, the you email address right email here, right me. now? Please don't kill me with emails or I'll have to change my email, but it's Blake <laughs> Allen realty at Gmail. So pretty simple. And then we are going to be creating the 1031 paper.com, which will be a way to get, which will start to be an archive of the information to learn what it takes to do these kinds of transactions, but also go to the NC national council of exchanges in Las Vegas. If you're an agent. Blake, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, keep thinking outside the box. It's an honor to have you as a listener, and I just wanted to say thank you. 
I also wanted to thank our sponsor, FixingLessSecrets.com, where they have that free video lesson. In that video lesson, you're going to learn never to struggle again to find or fund your next fix and flip deal. You're going to learn how to flip houses without taking out a mortgage. So now you can flip houses as your full-time income and not lose any money in a market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and that is to visit FixingListSecrets.com.